Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 17. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. And we're a couple getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the must-see movies and guilty pleasures from our past. That means each week, one of us chooses a movie and forces the other one to watch it. Forced. Forced. Yes. Forced. With structure. Yes. We so get that... one of those eye-holding-up things, like from Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange. Yeah. Oh, good. We've both seen that, so yes. neither <laughs> one of us has to uh, do that on the show. All right. So, um, what did you pick? Uh, I picked... It was your turn. This It was my turn. Um, so, we actually tried two movies, but the one that stuck, and I'm glad we got to it, because this can be our special uh, Brett Kavanaugh... Um, hearing edition of uh shut up and watch this uh we watch citizen ruth which is all about the abortion debate um, i'm gonna spin this in a different yeah. <laughs> way it's also a good homage to burt reynolds who unfortunately oh, yes. we lost right. um, yeah. this past week as well it's our topical uh edition of shut up and watch this <laughs> yes mad max was probably not quite as topical no probably not <laughs> well we'll see all right so this movie is from 1996 it's directed by alexander payne and i didn't realize until a few minutes ago that it was actually his first film i was i don't know yeah. why i thought election came first i also realized i saw a lot more of his movies than i realized i don't yeah. think i remembered that um nebraska was his Nebraska's so awesome. um sideways yep um one of the great ones that i did remember election yeah yeah that's the first one i saw because i think i saw that when it came out so why did you choose this movie? Um, so I chose this movie because I like dark Because it was topical? No, I didn't choose it because it was topical. I just, I asked you if you'd seen it and you said you hadn't. And I was like, gee, that's a good movie. You should probably see it. And then I didn't realize that it would be so topical. But the main reason that I love it is because it's a, it's a dark, dark black comedy. And that's kind of what Alexander Payne specials in. It's, it's. It's um, satire uh, to an extreme extent, in, in this case, a very extreme extent. Um, and I just, it just really suits my, my sense of humor, my, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, the thing is, is sometimes, I, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you like your humor darker than I do, mm, that, like true. coffee. That yes. like, you but, said you liked your, yes, your I like my, I like cream. my, my dark comedy with a little cream. Well, but. it's, we had a similar, um, sort of not quite meeting of minds with party down, which starts out with sort of a dark black comedy. Yeah. But see, you can't watch dark black comedies when you're in a dark black period of your life and that act, or you can. And so, but sometimes it just rubs you the wrong way. It's the wrong thing to see. And I love everybody involved in that show. But it didn't click at the time. Yeah. And I only saw like three episodes. But we need to, we should give a thumbnail yeah. sketch. We haven't said who's in it, what it's about, or anything. And we need to know some of those details. Um, so it has uh, stars Laura Dern as a un- completely unfit person to be a, a parent to anyone. She's a drug addict, <laughs> yeah. but the kind of drug addict is she's a huffer, really, yeah. right? She, so it's kind any... of interesting. Not familiar with that type of No, drug it's use. actually yeah. the only movie that I've seen cover this subject yeah. in such detail yeah well maybe too much detail it's interesting i mean because it's set in the midwest um did you catch where it's supposed to be is, my is there... guess is omaha like okay. the middle of the midwest and that's just because alexander payne grew up in omaha okay um but like most of most of his movies except for sideways and descendants which were obviously in other places about smith and um 
Nebraska are all set in like the mid Midwest with like flat landscapes and ugly mid century buildings and you know she's every republican's worst nightmare yes <laughs> she's basically completely indigent yeah. probably on food stamps if if that um yeah. uh, drug addict yeah sorry our cats are going through the witching hour right now so if you hear some squirting we actually have a strategic uh, blue squirt bottle here and um no animals were harmed during yes. the recording of the podcast. <laughs> she's a drug addict. She's had three or four other kids already four who kids, she can't yeah. take care of and who are off, you know, Two some of them, of them are, are with her, her brother. brother. Um, anyway, she's going from basically one score to the next. Yeah. I mean... And she's pregnant again. She's pregnant again, yeah. And she gets arrested this time for getting picked up for the... She doesn't even. Is that, it's that's like a the funny sixth, thing. sixth time that she's been arrested for. This. I thought it was like sixteenth time or, or something 16th, like that. Yeah, it was a lot. Remember they said she guesses you, five. The judge in the <laughs> sentencing scene is like, "Do you know how many times you've been brought in here on criminal uh, drug use charges for huffing?" And she's like, mm, five, six, 15 times, something like that." Um, so, and the, the crux of the movie sort of rests on what happens in this courtroom, which is the judge decides to do so, what a sort of controversial thing, which charge her with endangerment of a fetus. Felony endangerment of the fetus. So, I mean, this could be Kansas, because Kansas, I believe, had a law like this. Was there this. actually a law and like so, that? I mean, so I, around, so I saw this probably in 1990, no, probably 2001 when I came away to college. Yeah. And we were in the midst of sort of a fight against like baby saver type things uh as a member of the aclu in college as i was um so i forgot where i was going with this so anyway i was really up on the time of all the laws that were being passed that that you know were being fought by the aclu at the time and i believe that kansas had a law that was like this a fetal endangerment law i think um so it it, it is very much of the time and is that was a controversial law that they would have had in 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 a state like Kansas or Iowa or, oh, you know, Nebraska or wherever. Um. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the judge kind of takes her aside and lets her know, like, hey, things will probably be easier on you if, you know, you could like maybe take care of this situation yeah. with being pregnant. Yeah, he he basically without outright saying it's asked her to take care of the problem says it in every way possible yeah. so it's crystal clear but he doesn't actually say it which is, no I think he is doesn't legally he doesn't actually say it but um he says if you can go to you can go to the doctor if you want to to take care of things you know so in her in her, in jail she runs into the um the baby savers yeah. some baby savers ab- abortion protesters mary Kay place mary Kay. i love mary Kay know, place so, so much good. And a couple of her cronies, including Swoozie Kurtz. Kurtz. Yeah. And um, they get wind of the situation with her. And next thing you know, her bail is paid for by um, Mary Kay Places uh, and, her, and yeah. her husband. And she's lovingly taken into their home. Yeah. Lovingly taken into their home where uh, a Christian home where um, they want to give her every opportunity yeah. to decide not to have an abortion. Well, and so I... Actually, one of the things I really like is that they, his placing people within the sort of class 
is really good here because it shows them like kind of scraping the money together in order to get her five hundred dollar bail. Oh, literally yeah. counting out dollar by dollar, and then they to had the to pull out change. change from the change purse. Yeah, um, Norm, the husband, works in the, a hardware store yeah. and has the little red vest. Or you know, this is not like an upper class. Uh, like we have money to throw at this yeah. issue or anything. Well, and, and I think that it it does a good job at least of being sympathetic to. We have very active pets yeah, tonight. Yeah, sorry. Uh, if, if you hear a hound sound effects in the background, uh, Lana just walked in and flapped her ears. Yes. But there you um, go. The, very sympathetic to these people. I mean, really, truly have these beliefs. They, it's not, it's not feigned. It's not put on. It's not for political gain. These people like truly believe. And I actually, one of the things I love about Alexander Payne is how he, he he kind of like presents people in a sympathetic light, no matter what side of the political spectrum or, you know, what views he, he might have. I think, I don't know. Um, it gets, that's hard. I'm yeah. not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I agree that he treats them like that, but I, so at least initially these people seem genuinely concerned about this woman um, before she gets sort of pushed into the role of being a pawn between the two opposing sides in the abortion debate, which she ultimately becomes. Um, do you want to talk about Ruth? Uh, Ruth? Okay. Ruth is terrible. Ruth yeah. makes terrible <laughs> decisions. She really... They really have stacked the deck in terms of, like, we can't let this woman choose for herself. Yeah. I think that's kind of like, she is completely irresponsible, makes terrible, awful decisions. It kind of ruins everything she touches. And yet ultimately she's kind of likable in a weird way. She's almost the most authentic person in this movie because she has no pretense to her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't claim to have any grand uh, opinions or gestures or political beliefs or something. She really is very in the moment, like, person who just wants to score yeah i mean that's, and, that's, and she lives she, for the moment <laughs> she makes no bones about yeah. that i mean she's up front she's straight she and um and laura dern is just amazing yeah she is in this character i've always really liked her and i don't know how i missed this performance before she's, the movie. i i don't know anyone who would be able to do to make this character in some even, weird way, you feel watching, some kind of yeah. affection for her. You yeah. want things to turn out okay for her. You don't want these people to use her. Yeah. You want her to somehow learn enough to hold her own head up. I don't know that we actually quite get there. Well, it's, but I think it's so interesting the way the character is written. Every attempt to soften her or make her... M- redeemable like she like rejects that outright she has lines where she's like no you know i do you know it's clear that she's not interested in doing the right thing for political reasons she is just in it for herself and like they she actually (laughs) she doesn't even really seem to comprehend what's playing out around her i mean she's that simple and that authentic and that like her world is so narrow yeah but on the other hand, she doesn't care about her baby or I mean, yeah. her, her pregnancy. Or, or there is a, there is a suggestion that she feels some kind of that she feels like 
loss or regret about some of her kids because there's actually that scene how do you what do you feel about that scene where she goes to see her brother early on there's nothing else quite like that in terms of the real like pain (laughs) of that moment where she's trying to get a glimpse of her kids through the window and he's like you leave right now and you never come back and she like has that kind of almost animal like breakdown you know and tears and nobody can do like tragedy tears like yeah like laura dern well Um, that one's that's interesting because like before she sees her kids she does that that feigned one like where she's like i just need some money you know um this is the last time i'll ask you know which is obviously feigned but you know i don't know that's I don't know if that is that that that's yeah, it's the only time you really see that. Although I guess there's the time where she's sort of sitting in the rocking chair towards the end of the movie where she's think it seems mm-hmm. like she's thinking. But again, any time that they like you try to you have like that blank mask where you can sort of try to give her a a more rational uh-huh. or as explanation. A, as a person who's used to seeing other films where people learn lessons mm-hmm. or have a moment of insight. Nope. They start to Alexander Payne will start to play that scene for the convention. Yeah. Like this is the moment where she has an insight and then completely like, you know, <laughs> knock it down. <laughs> She's not going to have an insight. She, she refuses. My to. favorite is the one and I can't, I wish I could remember the dialogue or whatever it was. She's lying in bed with all the voices from the day going yeah. through her mind <laughs> with this sort of portentous dramatic. It's like, she's really thinking over the gravity of her situation. You hear, but you can't give up your child. And it's playing out like this, yeah. all the like terrible, momentous, dramatic things that happen during the day. And you're like, wow, this is finally reverberating with her. And then the last one, is some completely random thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that makes that suddenly turns that scene into her mind is just playing random gibberish through her head and that's not a moment of insight yeah it's just (laughs) it's just her brain (laughs) addled at the end of another high you know before she drifts off yeah it's true no moment of insight (laughs) but alexander payne is really good at that kind of thing yeah um so trying to see what are my other notes so, I mean, like, basically, Ruth sort of just oscillates between um, one side and the other, whichever one benefits her most. So initially, she wants an abortion because she's going to um, not be charged with a felony. Um, and then she doesn't want an abortion because the people that she's with um, are going to help her out and give her a place to live and give her a new start. So she's not going to have one. And then... When you and know. then you have the wonderful one of my favorite <laughs> things in the movie. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Swoozy Kurtz, one mm-hmm. of the little old bitty lady. I mean, she's not that old, but she's kind of bitty with the big hair, and you know, she's one of the baby saver protesters. Turns out to be like a double agent, yeah. right? And she pulls <laughs> off the wig, and she's like a tall, standing, like <laughs> lesbian, uh, feminist, feminist, uh, <laughs> uh, pro-choice, kind of yeah, person, exactly. Yeah. And they secret. They secret Ruth away to their place, and uh, and then now she's she's with that side of, yeah. of, of the debate. So then she's they're like, well, they, she's a pawn between the two sides. They feel now, so justified that they're like, we're going to get you the abortion that you wanted that they wouldn't let you have, and then then the other side offers money. And then all of a sudden she's back to now the other side. Now all of a sudden everyone's <laughs> trying to pay her off yeah. to either have an abortion or not have an abortion. Yeah. It's, it's, 
I wish this wasn't such a. I mean, it's 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 satire and it's political comedy, but it seems so much like that that nobody is really paying attention to what is actually happening with the people that the all this stuff is affecting, and like the thing at the end of the movie when Ruth eventually has a miscarriage, she doesn't have an abortion or not have an abortion. She has a miscarriage and then she decides to lie about it, keep the money and run away. And nobody notices that she just walks away. By the time we get to that point, the whole thing has become like a national media circus with both of the sides have landed the big guns. You know, their, their national movements have descended. There are the tents and the TV news crews and um, everybody trying to burst in and get interviews and, and helicopters landing. Burt Reynolds actually plays, um, the, the head of the he's baby the head thing. of the the baby savers yeah. movement and he's amazing i mean yeah. he's he's burt reynolds at his later years oily best yeah. you know kind of like <laughs> insincere big mustache twinkly eyes yeah. and you know kind of shit grin and like just superficial <laughs> that that kind well, of well and and at that point it doesn't even seem like he, it's all about the fame and the the things he gets to do because Mm -hmm. of his leadership of this movement rather than a real interest in the movement. Um, And then there's that kind of like creepy thing where he has the young boy who follows him around and he tells this story about how he saved this young boy from being aborted when he was a child. And now they have this creepy relationship where he massages him with oil while he tells these stories. Well, yeah. So he he shows up in his helicopter or his limo or whatever, and he has like a 13-year-old manservant or whatever who like follows him around. He's got a big gold chain on and a little suit and kind of opens doors for him and gives him the weird massage. Yeah, it's 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 a little disturbing. There's a couple of weird things like that in this movie. It just takes it a little bit too far beyond the... Well, Alexander Payne is all about undermining people and what the way they're trying to present themselves by showing you the little extra Well, and there's a more subtle moment when the father of the uh babysaver's guy... Yeah. Father of the... When they take her back home, Norm is... There, there's there's some ogling going on. Yeah. And like weirdly, he lies down on the bed next to her yeah. when he shows her the room. And then as soon as his wife comes down the stairs, he like leaps up and he's, <laughs> but there's, he's kind of looking at her a little too long yeah. and noticing her leg and yeah. Well, and then they have the, of course, the crazy daughter who. Um... That's another great yeah. sequence. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter of the of the baby savers is just a regular rebellious teen. Yeah. So so she's Ruth is ready to like turn over a new leaf and you know have a wonderful dinner with the family and and you know live by the rules of their house and kind of go off to bed and then she learns that the teenage daughter is sneaking out to party and she goes out to party with her. She goes with, with the party immediately. Yeah. <laughs> And probably within an hour is, like, passed out, like, unconscious from huffing something again. Well, you know, when you think about it, I don't, because I think about these things all the time. Medically, what's going on, like, it's no wonder that that she wasn't able to stay pregnant because she was getting drunk. She was huffing all the time. Her body just wouldn't be able to continue to 
carry anything, you know, with the amount of fluids and, and drugs. Well, and, and she was weird huffing to the point where she was like passing out, out unconscious yeah. overnight in alleyways and stuff like but, that. But yeah, this, that's not a very pleasant <laughs> aspect of this movie. No, it isn't. No, it's, it's, it's pretty graphic yeah. about the, about what she's doing. Well, and that's, that's the thing about his movies is they somehow managed to, well, I think in describing it, we aren't, you can't really understand how well balanced it is. Like, I thought it was a lot harder of a movie than it is. I thought it was uh, had a sharper edge than it actually does. It is it actually feels a little more warm. And I think it's warmer than election. Maybe? Yeah, election is pretty cold. I've know? never been able to go back to that movie. I've, I'd be interested to go back to it now, but I remember just kind of... I don't think I'd really quite seen anything with that tone before. Well, and like, I think that... <laughs> he, he makes movies about unlikable people. Yeah. Well, so Alexander Payne wrote this movie. He yeah. wrote The Descendants. He wrote Sideways. But Elections, the Tom Perotta yeah. And Tom Perotta has that dark, mm-hmm. dark... I mean, some of them work and some of them not yeah. as well for me. Little Children is actually... The book was great. Yeah. The book is good. Election, the book is... I, I mean, I, I think... I read the book. This election is actually one of the best adaptations of a book that I've ever seen. Wow. Because I've read both. You know, I mean, I've read and seen them both. But yeah, this is this is a little warmer, and I think that Payne sort of leans towards a little more warmth in, in things. Um, I don't know if that's like a, a Midwest sensibility, but... Something that I love about all his films is the cinematography and how he'll take... It's, it's hard to do in Hawaii in The Descendants, and it's hard to do in Napa in mm-hmm. California. But in when he's in the Midwest, oh my God, he gets these... guys in Sideways are awful, too. Yeah. <laughs> They're not very likable people. Well, he gets these beautiful shots of yeah. some very ugly places. You know, the Mid... I grew up in... Well, talk to me about the yeah. locations that we saw in this movie, so because just... you kept just kind of going like... <laughs> oh my God, this is like so ugly, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, so. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, because where I grew up in in North, it's, it's the panhandle of Texas, but it's really the southern edge of the Great Plains, which stretch all the way up to Canada, essentially. So all of that country looks very similar. It's flat, there's not very many trees, um, and so there's nothing to cover up the sort of like desolation and the fact that once that there were all these economic opportunities in these places and then since then the economic opportunities have left for greener pastures and you're left with these like you know wooden houses built in the 30s that are sort of falling down and they have like Mm -hmm. eight layers of paint showing like his her brother's house Mm or you have these like long low buildings built in like the you know late 50s early 60s back when things were prosperous and then they've not been improved upon or um and they look like hell yeah and then there's no you know so much like where i grew up there's no um they don't try to plant green things because green things don't grow. So there's just parking lots and vacant get, lots yeah. and weeds and. Uh, and then there's no trees, so you see all of the power lines and you know mm. it's these are all these are aesthetic that is very attractive to me. I I, I don't know why it's just this sort of abandoned. You would desolation. love to be dropped there with a camera to walk around. Yeah, and take, unkempt take desolation. Um, that's and it's beautiful in Nebraska with the black Urban and white desolation, shots. the new yeah. fragrance from L'Oreal. <laughs> that's right, Calvin Klein. Sorry. <laughs> 
Anyway, so I, I, I love that um, as a sort of honorary Midwesterner myself, in a way. So how do you think he does, how, how well do you think he succeeds at kind of striking a balance in terms of the different sides of this issue? Where does he stand? I mean, not where, from the film, what yeah. are we getting from him? Does I think he treat he has... these groups equally? I don't know. Do, what do you see that, going on there? I think there? he's good at presenting. I think he, if if I think he has a representative in the film, I think it's he's the security guard that uh-huh. gave um, gave Ruth so the a money. So there's security guard for the abortion clinic. Yes. And who so, is not really part of either side. No. Except that he believes strongly that... He's like the libertarian viewpoint. Like, okay. here, let me level this. Let's, let's make things even so, for you so you can make your decision. So how the pro-lifers are going to give you 15000 grand yeah. so that you keep the baby. Why don't I give you 15000 so that that's not an issue yeah, anymore? Yeah, you can make your own So decision. you can make your decision without the money being the deciding yeah, factor. Yeah, exactly. Let's bring it back to zero, so to speak, yeah. or 15000 Which, like, the thing is, is that most women don't have that. You no, know? <laughs> this is not an actual equation in the part of the equation. Usually. Most women don't have anything that's going to make it equal for them like that. They, they're pulled in one direction or another because and of circumstances like this, you know, um, not drug, not always drug related, but personal issues and um, availability issues and stuff like that. So, I mean, like if I think that he has a viewpoint, it's that it should be, you know, absent it should be the choice of the person they get to choose their Mm -hmm. own destiny they get to sail their own ship even if it's you know around the corner huffing paint again that's Mm -hmm. that's that each person should be the the captain of their own ship Mm -hmm. sort of thing you know and that it's clear that he's making the point that neither side either side is so focused on who's right that they're uh-huh. not focused on the needs of the individual. Well, they're people. focused on their politics and on yeah. the on the larger issue and what they have to prove and what they ha- stand to gain yeah. for the for the bigger issue. And in that sense, it, and it has such a wonderful ending because nobody really actually cares about Ruth. Yeah. Nobody cares about this woman well, <laughs> really she or her care baby. Well, about herself either, no. you know. <laughs> so, in the end, when she can like slip out of a window after having her miscarriage earlier, you know, in the mm-hmm. day and, um, and nobody notice yeah. and just walk straight past the whole media circus while it's still going full blast. It's so brilliant. It's because still going it's by still the way. Going. It's still going. <laughs> it's still going. Yeah. This was 1996. Yeah. That's still playing out down there at Ruth's clinic. Yeah. It she is. walked away. She just walks away. She doesn't mm-hmm. run away. She just no. walks right past the fence line, past the people. Nobody notices her. It's supposedly all about her and her momentous decision and yeah. how much everybody has to lose or gain. And um, n- nobody actually really cares about her. Yeah. She's not really a person to them. Yeah. Um, so that's really, <laughs> that's really well done. Well, I like the... And then, yeah. Um, one of the things that I like is, so this family takes her in, feeds her in their home, lets them sleep in her bed you know, takes them on their expedition and then she, you know, 
finds some money in a purse, goes to get some. She, what she steals some airplane glue from their son or something like that. And oh, gets she's a, good. she tries everything yeah, in this movie. Yeah, and she's huffing it behind the and the patio sun, ceilings. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the sun <laughs> comes around glue. and says, "We're ready to go." You know, my parents are looking for you, and she um, she punches him. She punches the kid. You know, so she. So you have a character <laughs> who's so bad sometimes yeah. that she punches the 10-year-old kid. Well, I just think it's interesting because the this family so naively went into taking this random woman into their care. And they didn't consider the consequences of this, like, you know, essential drug, having She's a drug addict. She's bringing real baggage into yeah. this house. Yeah. She's bringing... They, the, she's not, Danger. she's and not the ideal no. poster child. And that's the thing is about so many of these cases that get, you know, moved yeah. up through the courts. Cause like, I could totally see like this judge being charged with, you know, something for, you know, interfering if they could prove it. And, you yeah. know, there would be these kind of political cases, but the thing is, is that most <laughs> of the people that you have for these civil rights cases are not ideal poster children for, they aren't like you know, the nice person who had a terrible injustice done to them. Right. You know, they were in these circumstances that were really terrible. And the thing is, is even if they're terrible people, they deserve to have their rights respected, you know? And that's that's the <laughs> that's the thing is that, like, often when you choose someone to be, like, the poster child for your case, they're going to be, like, not the perfect person that you would want to stand up for your, mm-hmm. your case, you know? I don't know. Um... But I, I, you see that a lot in 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 a lot of the political, you know, court decisions and stuff like that. That the people that they end up bringing forward, or they spend a long time looking for the perfect case, you know. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, civil rights law is um, is interesting. <laughs> I just was watching this film and going, this movie could play now. Yeah. I mean, this is nineteen ninety six. Yeah. And it's nearly this 20 is years still ago. going on. Mm-hmm. And this would still play right now in just well, about just the same ima- way. I just, like, imagine how much energy we could put into something else if we mm-hmm. could, like, agree to disagree on this and just, you know, yeah. let things stand instead of this constant back and forth and push and pull and, you know... That there is a... I mean, and that's a true of a lot of things that people feel strongly about, that if we didn't spend so much time as a country focusing on this issue we could spend it on you know solving poverty and helping ruth in better ways than Mm -hmm. you know fighting over what you know decision that she makes you know based on nobody ever tries to help her with her drug addiction in this movie no (laughs) well they did say that she's been sent to rehab like 10 times or okay, eight times system or something. Center yeah. To rehab. Yeah. You know, but like the thing is, I think like the very first choice the judge makes to offer her that deal to, I think the best place for her is jail. I think that she could get clean. She'd get clean. There's educational opportunities. Yeah. I mean, jail is not a great place, but compared to her, you know, passing out on the street and being subject. She to, had nowhere to go yeah. when she got picked up. Essentially, she was, I mean, she like. She was basically a, homeless in an alley because well, she leaves whatever. And they implied whatever, that she was prostituting herself yeah, for a place to stay. Right. That's what they implied in the mm-hmm. initial thing. Yeah. So um, I think that jail could be a step up for, for that. I mean, jail is not a great place. Well, when you know? she. <laughs> walks away at the end of the movie she may very well be heading towards the next score and the next jail sentence well i mean and with fifteen thousand dollars she can get a hotel room and as much paint and she may not you know that might be the last 
anybody ever sees She'll go through that in a week, probably. Yeah. Well, and that's what the guy said. Three days, you know, I think. The realist libertarian, yeah. uh-huh. you know, guy is like, this, you're going to go You're going to go right through this in much. about three days. It's going to be gone. <laughs> but. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it asks you to look at some hard truths about politics in our country and, and, you know, and how we're treating the people that get caught up in the middle of that. Anyway, it's, it's a fascinating and, and, and the start of a great, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the start of a great movie career for Alexander Payne. Yeah. I'm still amazed that this was his first film because the satire is so accomplished and he's already doing amazing things with tone yeah. And and casting and yeah. creating that it has it's a great ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All of these people are fit. Swoozy Kurtz and Mary Kay Place. Like yeah. just Swoozy versus Mary Kay Place yeah. is, is itself <laughs> worthy of a movie. Yeah. Um so. Well you know, I I liked the guy who played her husband. I kinda wish that he had had less of a a role, you know, that she had been more of a more of the more of the head leading the yeah cause leading the and cause and everything forefront. like that yeah because I think that 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 would make that would set up Swoozy and um, and Mary Clay places as, as rivals mm-hmm. and then you have an interesting piece about three women you know involved yeah. in different sides of the um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But he's also doing something with stable Christian heterosexual family versus yeah. the crazy f- feminist, the lesbian, lesbian pagan militant p- pagan thing, yeah. whatever. Well, I just there were a few times that they took yeah. things a little too far. And when they were singing oh, t- to the moon mother, that was a little... Yeah, I was going to ask you, were there times that were there things that went too far for you? And that one, that that scene in particular, although I, I think it totally was it was that. parallelism because they have the thing where the the uh, Mary Kay Place and her husband were singing um, mm-hmm. uh, with with Ruth in in the basement. So this yeah. was like the pagan equivalent it's the flip side it's the you have to have balance and parallels <laughs> I, yeah i guess so i just i didn't think that that worked necessarily and i i i think it leans well i'm not sure what they're yeah. actually making fun of there yeah. they're just giving them some kind of absurd it thing. leans a little too much into stereotype i prefer like if they're going to do stereotype i loved that the clothes she borrowed was like a frida Kahlo shirt and like a peruvian um <laughs> yeah. decorated jacket i thought that that was a you really good died detail laughing yeah. when she came out in the frida Kahlo shirt <laughs> that's like such a 90s thing too to like sort of the uh-huh. hippie um into like yeah yeah <laughs> Peruvian traditional clothing sort of thing. I don't know. It was That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, any final thoughts on the movie? Um, it makes me want to go back and see Nebraska for some reason. Oh my God. Because I, I had forgotten that was an Alexander Payne movie. I know you liked it more than I did, but now I want to think about how he got from there to here. So or from here to there, Nebraska, whatever. Um, if you hadn't seen it, we would have done it. We would have done that for this podcast because it's black and white. It's Bruce Dern. It's beautifully shot, but it's about um, a man traveling around um, with his father, 
Um, like the dad sort of in the thinks last... he's won a sweepstakes or yeah. something bizarre, and he's dragging the son across the country to go get his winnings. Yeah. When clearly it's just some stupid scam. Well, and it's it's like the last years of his mm-hmm. dad's life. This may be the last road mm-hmm. trip they take together. So um, I don't know. It was it came out the year before my dad died, but mm-hmm. I felt like a connection to that. The sort of driving around mm-hmm. with um, your older parents, your older parents. Um, it it just it touched me then and I haven't watched it since my dad passed, but I'd like to watch it again. I'd like to watch it yeah, too. We should revisit that together, but not for the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because because we don't do shut up and watch this again. But I guess I guess my final thing is that like I to me there was a time when Alexander Payne and Ang Lee were my my two favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Um they just like the the emotion they express, the satire. Uh, Alexander Payne more than Ang Lee. Ang Lee's not very satirical. I was going to say the Ice Storm isn't a very funny movie. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not. Um, In fact, see, I bought a copy of that years ago, and I still haven't watched it because. But I feel like Again, I started I mean, watching more. lots of different kinds of movies starting in the early to mid 2000s. And I started learning about different directing styles. But this early on was it fit my sensibility. And I, I could see their aesthetic and I appreciated it a great deal. Mm-hmm. I did not like about Schmidt. Yeah. That's another one I forgot he did. Yeah. I mean, I liked parts of it, but I, Jack Nicholson. If you have a Jack Nicholson problem. Yeah, then... I do have a Jack Nicholson problem. Our collective Jack Nicholson problem. Society's Jack Nicholson problem. <laughs> problem. Jack Nicholson problem? Or, no. Um, well, I guess that's it. I think I've said everything I wanted to say about this movie. Good. So thank you for bringing it to my attention. You're welcome. It's been duly noted. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we will see you all next time. And remember to um, do things like leave us reviews. Yes. Helps other people find us iTunes, star review. Yeah. They say it helps. I'm not sure if it does, <laughs> but but if you can tell your friends about the show, um, it's good to know that other people are listening and um, helping uh, let other people know about our strange uh, discoveries and conversations. Yeah. And don't make us a pawn in your political agenda. Don't make us a pawn in your political agenda. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because we just want to walk away from it all. <laughs> Okay, thanks for listening, and we'll be back uh, possibly in two weeks. Yes, maybe three. (laughs) I know. (laughs) The school year started, everybody, so that's why um, we're a little off schedule. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.